Welcome to Talk About Fantasy Football with your host Bert Lockley, Bruce Defenson, Paul Grossi, and Weston Lockley. Welcome everyone to Talk About Fantasy Football, the only fantasy football podcast that understands it is just a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Burke Loxley. I'm known to many as FBL Commish. Hmm. Mm. And I'm joined today by at MCBTAF at Yahoo.com. How's it going, everybody? Good. I'm answering for everybody. Eric? <laughs> It is episode Antonio Gates, and I am joined by at Taff Eric FBL, correct? Hello, world. Hello, world. And it is a, it is finals week, officially. It is a Wednesday, my dudes, December 20th, uh, three days until Christmas, just so you know. I really get annoyed when people do the uh, five days till Christmas, because one, December 25th doesn't count, uh, because that is Christmas, and today doesn't count either, because it's already started to end so it would be like three days and however many hours left so with with work i um if i'm on that day i don't consider that day a work day it's already done it could be the morning i'm already done with that day so agreed (laughs) so um i knew i liked you eric it's it's wednesday i'm i only have two days left to work that's true uh and also uh mc you will learn to hate that i can i can promise you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he grates on you. Um, God. It's funny because you sat at the table next to us in eighth grade lunch. So you, you dodged a bullet there. But but Eric, <laughs> Eric, since that very lunch, that lunch period uh, has been awful. I was, I was too busy hanging out with all the winners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was there was too many in, in your, your circle. God. Um, and now you're in our circle. And however you came to be listening to our circle... We thank you. We ask that you like, subscribe, follow, leave a comment. Let us know what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. Uh, we are winding down on this season. And when I say season, I mean the NFL season, the fantasy football season, and season one of Talk About Fantasy Football. We are gearing up for season two. We have a creative summit uh, in two weeks where we uh, we get together and we are creative, you know, at a very high point, almost near the atmosphere. At least definition-wise, that's what I'm believing Paul wants us to do. It's the finals. It is championship week. If you play week 17, I I keep saying this, but I I think that's really stupid, and I feel sorry for you. And what annoys me is there's a lot of, like, ESPN leagues. Um, If you just sign up what we call fake leagues, where we just would all, like, draft a team because it's it's better than a mock and you, you play it out. Those leagues make top four teams make the playoffs, and then playoffs are... Two weeks, so 14-15, or I'm sorry, 15-16, or no, I'm sorry, 14-15, then 16-17. I, I got a lot of problems with that. I don't know if you guys do or if you want to voice any concerns, but I have a real problem with week 17 uh, fantasy football. One of my one of my friends at work uh, was telling me about this other league that he's in, and before he even finished talking about it, I said, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't even want to hear about it, because what they do is, they do eight teams make the playoffs just like we do. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, intriguing. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then their finals are two weeks long. Huh. Really? They, like, basically day one of the finals is this coming weekend. And then the same two teams play in the finals next weekend. 
and its cumulative score. It was the most absurd thing I've ever heard. When Sir Isaac Newton invented fantasy football, he didn't mean that to happen, did he, Eric? Huh. Remember that football hit him when he was sitting under that tree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's a shame. No, I've, I mean, I... You're, if you're around this game long enough, you find enough bastardized versions of it. I think there's, it's like anything where uh, a group of people play a lot of Monopoly together and they start to develop house rules and they think they're improving it and they'll they'll swear to you it's the only way to play. Uh, but when they have to explain it to an outsider, it just comes across as really stupid. Um, you know, I, and I, I just use that as an example because we have a we have a formula that's flawless and I'll fight you. If you think otherwise, but, but really like what we do is every year we have a series of league summits to debate this stuff and to go over painstakingly, I might, might add to go over everything we've done, everything we've tried in the past and what's worked, what hasn't. And, and I think that, you know, the reason this show, the reason the, the guys on this show are successful in fantasy football, the reason that our leagues are great. Um, the reason the Patriots and the the Crimson Tide win a lot is they don't get cute, and it sounds like your 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 buddy there at work is getting cute with his fantasy football league. I'm saying. Well, we are no longer friends. <laughs> oh, good, thank God. I was really worried because he sounded like a jerk. <laughs> like you deserve better in friendship. I mean, and granted, Eric is not what you're looking for. I don't want you to get. I don't want you to start because I settled, and and it's regret. Uh, but yeah, you can do better. You can do better than me. And I don't know. I, I guess Drew. Drew's really funny, though. All right. So now, Kamish, hold on. Speaking of settling, Kamish. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. looking at this slate of games and boy, <laughs> does the 23rd look like just a two just mm-hmm. bad football games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm games glad. Like, mm-hmm. oh, no. <laughs> yeah. What's great about this weekend or what's supposed to be great is. You look at it and you're like, oh man, I have a long holiday weekend for, it's a minimum three day weekend for everyone because of how the holiday falls. So, and you look at it, you're like, I got Saturday, I got Sunday and I got Monday. And when you look, man, you really don't have Saturday. It, it's mm. bad. It, um, the Christmas Eve slate is interesting because they, they close it out without a Sunday night game. The Saturday slate is interesting because they don't do a Thursday night game. And they have, you know, two Monday games, which I'm cool with. Uh, I like them starting 4.30. And those two games, again, look good uh, with Raiders, Eagles, Steelers, Texans. But only half of those matchups look good. Maybe the Eagles could play the Steelers on Christmas night. I'd be okay with that. (laughs) So I think at a certain point, and it happens a lot on Thanksgiving, they think we're just giving you football so that that should be good enough. And and, uh, I think there's two... I mean, bad football can be bad. You know that? I, I'm just finding this out. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, all right. So let's get into this slate. On uh, the 23rd at 4.30, we got the Colts-Ravens. I guess you are you might be looking at a uh, – I'm sure you'll be looking at a, um, a Ravens defense. Um, no T.Y. Hilton, no Dante Moncrie. I mean, what are you, what are you starting here, MC? Well – yeah, I mean, I'm really the only great start in this game is probably the Ravens' defense or Alex Collins. Okay. Uh, I, I would love to tell you, you know, one of the Ravens' receivers, maybe Macklin, but the problem with that is, yes, the Colts are terrible against wide receivers, and we've seen that. They're terrible against almost everybody. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that I don't. This Ravens offense is missing something. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's maybe a vertical, a stretch tight end. 
Um, I don't know what it is, but they're just, they're missing that big play threat. They deal with a lot of guys in the box and run defense. And and from that perspective, Collins has impressed me a little bit. But there's not there's not a ton of great looks in this game, in my opinion. Yeah, and and we should look at the complexion of the week, and and we're approaching things differently um, because of that. Like two 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 teams are in the championship game this week. Uh, sure, and everybody plays for something. So I'm not saying don't play for something. We're not we're not neglecting people that aren't in the championship. But those two teams are probably pretty well set. Um, and if you're in the game, you've got the management skills to probably have a very good idea of what you're doing. So this is more of an episode where we kind of spitball and we talk. Uh, we didn't do like the the absolute must start and the the sneaky plays and the must sits. It's more just looking at these matchups and trying to see what what there is to see and also. What to keep an eye on, because we'd like to extrapolate it forward. And when I say that, I say the Colts. Because, Eric, Andrew mm. Luck, we, we know the injury, and we've talked about it on the last show. There's a chance we're without Andrew Luck all offseason. So the same questions we had at the beginning of this year, they're going to be exacerbated at the beginning of next year. So what are you actually looking at in this game with an eye towards next season? Is there anything? Oh, nothing. Okay. Because everything depends on who that quarterback is. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, Jacoby Brissett's done enough to prove that he's probably a great stopgap, but he's not earning himself a starting job. No. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think this will probably be Frank Gore's uh, goodbye, or at least this week and next week. And I'd love to have seen more from Marlon Mack to be able to definitively say what's going on. But I feel like if Frank Gore walks away and then in the sixth round uh, they draft a you know, a Big Ten or SEC running back with name value, I think we're going to be right back where we started. I don't think Marlon Mack separated and done anything to make himself the running back. And anyone with a name, uh, with name recognition, coming out of a big school and a big conference, I think could really uh, make that interesting and frustrating. Yeah, I think that, that what you just described, Kamish, is a great recipe for a timeshare. Mm-hmm. And, and which is just what fantasy football players need. More timeshares. <laughs> You know, this year has taught us a little bit about um, how to pick and choose these timeshares. We looked at the the Buck Allen and, and Alex Collins timeshare, which was the Danny Woodhead and Terrence West timeshare, which was the Kenneth Dixon, Danny Wood. You know what I mean? Like there was so much timeshare um, and it, it was really hard. It's, it's impossible to predict. It, all I can say is that if you do get a clear cut guy, I think it, what it does is it makes um, a guy like Spencer Ware or um, Kareem Hunt, all the more valuable. When Jamal Williams hit your waiver wire and it was clear Aaron Jones was injured, there's nobody else. It made that it made it much more logical to spend the Fab money because you could pick and choose Theo Riddick, Amir Abdullah all day and never be right. But if you did throw that money out there and ended up with, you know, Joe Mixon, whenever he, I mean, just an example when he became the bell cow. It just made things easier. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. Vikings yep. Packers, 830. Let the bodies hit the floor. And when I say that, I mean the freaking Vikings defense is sick. Sure are. When no one was paying attention, they were the be- They became the best defense in the NFL? Question mark? How the how that happen? Uh, I think I might disagree with you a little it's, bit. It's Jacksonville. It really is. No, I agree. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But yeah. I, I think that the Vikings became that defense where... And I guess in recent memory, Broncos, Seahawks would come to mind. That defense where you're like questioning starting a stud. Um, you're, you know, this week, you're going to question Devontae Adams, not only because of his health, but if he plays, 
you're looking at him kind of sideways because the, the Vikings can take a guy off the field. And in Devontae yeah. Adams' case, it would be a crackback block. But go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this defense, I mean, they defeat running backs. They defeat tight ends. I mean, this game, I, listen, I don't know if you have Richard Rodgers or I don't know if you have Kyle Rudolph, but, I mean, put your tight ends in the garage <laughs> because these two powerhouses. <laughs> they, there is not going to be one tight end yard taken. <laughs> you know what? I heard a rumor that both teams are contemplating – exclusively playing four wide receiver sets out of respect. <laughs> That's right. Out of respect for the other defenses work against tight ends. That's what I <laughs> This is a um this is a big Ripkowski game because <laughs> you're not using a tight end. You're going you're going multi fullback set in, in the event that you need a, a a blocker who's not a lineman, correct? Some straight wishbone. <laughs> God. Uh yeah, good. Glad. And hopefully this week we'll further muddy the waters with the Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams situation. Because uh, so we can go into the offseason just questioning and starting every show going, no, I, I don't know. Because for a couple of years, Holmgren only wanted or uh, McCarthy only wanted one running back. And now I don't know. Well, hey, so, maybe we can get Jordy Nelson to score three touchdowns and put up 200 yes. yards and then we could talk about that. That that will have like. See, that will happen, especially now that they have a winning quarterback back under center. Last week's experiment, you know, is over oh. and we're back to Todd Hundley, which, again, if you're if you're in your playoffs and you do have Devontae Adams, you got you actually like that more. Don't you, MC? Yeah. And we've talked about that quite a bit. I mean, obviously, you got to talk about Adams health, but, you know, the Vikings, they do a number on wide receivers, too. They're a top 10 defense against uh, against wide receivers. So. Adams, if you're counting on Adams, as I know your opponent is, Kamish. Well, that's true too. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Either. <laughs> like, that's one of the things when we, you know, when I made my pick, uh, you know, I I picked you, and and Thank that was you. actually the reason is that you know when you're talking about you know Devontae Adams, who had become, I mean, he's become a top ten fantasy wide receiver, and either he's not going to be available or he's going to be at worst ineffective. So. I, I'd be looking elsewhere. That's just that's my two cents for our London friend. Okay, yeah, mm. deal. Um, I guess for those that if you followed the show, you probably have an idea about our league. And um, one of our players is a transplant living in London, last year's champion Heath, and he's going to be facing the commission, the finals, uh, third person. Uh, I'm I'm confident. I'm excited. It's fun to be in the finals, but it's one of the things that I hate about fantasy football because. When I look at my roster, I should be filled with confidence, should be happy. And all I think of is like, well, yeah, but what if Todd Gurley does that again? Nothing matters. It doesn't matter what my Fournette, Bell, Tyreek Hill does, you know, and it's tough. But it's exciting. It's a fun weekend. You know, we've all been in the championship game. There's kind of nothing like waking up and being in that championship game. So um, especially when you're Eric last year and you lose to Heath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still well. Better. Well, we don't need to talk about the past. We're moving on to the future now. That's right. We're not. I'm not here to talk about the past, like Roger Clemens. Also, I think Andy misremembered. No one gets that <laughs> reference. That's great. Uh, Lions Bengals at the one o'clock on Christmas Eve. Again, just two teams that can't get out of their own way meeting on a football field to well, that'll quote, be unquote, that'll play be a game. Good for my uh, nap time for after lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the? <laughs> is that the one? Um, so 
Bengals very weak against the running back, and the Lions are rumored to have running backs. I haven't seen it yet. Joe Mixon up against the Lions' 26th-ranked run defense. I'm, I'm trying to find something here to get me excited besides A.J. Green because that's the obvious. Is there anything to mine out of this one? I mean, the, the only thing I'd like to see is I would like to see a little bit more uh, definition, I guess, with the Lions' backfield only because, I mean, they and they've been in a timeshare for a number of years, but, you know, you'd like to think that this can't continue, but then it, it just perpetually seems to. So I don't know if that's a function of their offensive line, which is bad, um, mm. or I don't know if it's a function of the fact that they have a man-man-man back there and they just <laughs> want to throw. Like, it just... The Lions' offense for years has been the exact same. Their results have been the exact same. And, you know, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results? Exactly. Mm. Yeah, it truly is. And speaking of insanity, um, well, it's not the next game, but it's the one I want to jump to. Ezekiel's suspension is over, and we didn't give it its due diligence last show. Eric, how excited are you? I am very excited to try to finish ninth. <laughs> uh, in our league, that's actually worth something. So, um, uh, no, but it is over. Also, Julio Jones sat out of practice. He's looked to be limited all week, but he expects to play. I don't know. Ever since Plaxico Burris went that one year where he never practiced a single time, played every Sunday, and then made the game-winning catch in the Super Bowl, I really have a tough time putting stock into he practiced or he didn't practice when you're at that level. <laughs> so, uh, Chargers, Jets. It's really different without McCown back there. It's a whole different world. And I never yeah, thought I'd say that. When did you think you were going to be saying that out loud? <laughs> it's true. The thing, the thing I'm interested when you know, the, the Chargers, I'm interested in a couple different ways. One, I'm interested to see where Melvin Gordon ends up. Because I think he was, he's a guy who I think has met expectations. I mean, I'll, mm-hmm. in the future, I have some numbers that will kind of speak to that. Um, but I also... You know, I want to see what exactly the Chargers have other than Keenan Allen at wide receiver. Because now, I mean, we won't have Hunter Henry, so it's back to Antonio Gates. But I don't think he's a real downfield threat. You know, I know Keenan Allen's probably going to play. I know his uh, back is a little bipped up. But I'm interested to see, you know, is it going to be Terrell Williams? Um, is it going to be is it Mike Williams? Is that the kid from Clemson? Mike Williams and then, you know, Williams of House Tyrell, as you call him. Yeah. Yes, that's yes. Um, <laughs> I, I'm interested to see. Now, I know last year when Keenan Allen was hurt, uh, Williams of House Tyrell was kind of the guy. So I'm interested to see if that's still the case. Yeah, it, it would make sense. I think that you have to factor in Hunter Henry now going on the IR. And I don't think that's a boom to Gates. I think Gates steps back because of that. Um, but in the short term, that should be some targets for Keenan Allen. Uh, Travis Benjamin still exists. But. I think that the the bigger story for this year and and next year, as you kind of touched on, I think is the pass catching of guys like Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley, who are not PPR backs and at some point either turned themselves into it or were given the opportunity to become that. Um, you know, Gordon has you you said you talk about the number he's at. He has over ten touchdowns. Um, he's averaging, I believe, four catches a week. Uh, <laughs> that's not what you expected from him because in Wisconsin he was just between the tackles, run, run, run. So. It is interesting to to see him next year because I, he's the guy I target as uh, Odell Beckham. You know, pick 
Gordon in the, with the 12th pick and Odell Beckham with the 13th preliminarily. We'll have to look and see how it falls. But if I'm able to start any draft, Gordon Beckham, I'm very happy. Eric's not. <laughs> All right, Eric, I Rams, would, Titans. Would. Damn it. Yeah, what about them? Uh, it's, we we it, had to do it. We had to, had to do that. It is, but are the... Is it? Uh, you got two teams playing for something. Do you put any stock into that, or is it still is it just another game, or is it worth more when you know that there's playoff implications? Obviously, they're going to play hard a little. While. I would hope they would play a little harder, right? You would hope, but did you anybody that anybody did you that, watch that the Titans has, backfield the past few weeks? Well, they they sure do know what they're doing with them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess if you know if you had anybody in there, you should. You're gonna have to start them, right? Because they're yeah. I mean, you the Titans are are okay against the run, and everywhere else they're pretty weak. Uh, Rams are okay against the wide receiver, and, and pretty weak elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not worried about Gurley. I'm worried about him because I'm playing against him. Uh, so the <laughs> fifth rank run defense of the the Titans doesn't scare me. But this is also a team that is does have a playoff berth um, and is going to have a lot of meaningful football after this. So MC, do you, do you start now worrying about them pumping the brakes on, on Todd Gurley or, or, or anything like that? No, because I think that in a lot of ways, the Rams are now playing for, for seating and they're playing for positioning and, you know, they would love to try to get maybe two home games in Los Angeles before they had to go elsewhere. Um, I thought their home was St. Louis, but go on. Well, I think it used to be, but I heard that they got better mortgage rates, so they moved. Oh, good. And less fans, so that helps. <laughs> yeah, right. They didn't have to feed as many. Um, <laughs> the thing that I find really interesting is kind of looking at the season in totality mm-hmm. and just where Gurley is going to end up going next year. Because you have you know, Todd Gurley, you have Le'Veon Bell, you have Ezekiel Elliott, and you mm-hmm. have David Johnson. Those are really the big four. Sure. Running backs and, and and what order are they going to go in? Because for me, I, I might put those four, and this is going to sound abstract, but I might put those four: Bell, Elliott, Gurley, and then Johnson. Um, but you could make yeah. the argument for any of those guys to be on top of that list, couldn't you? Oh, of course. And that's that's going to be our job. <laughs> that's going to be the fun part of the the off season. Is that is a never ending debate. Uh, and it's going to take, and like you just said, David Johnson, I agree, I'd have him fourth, but it's going to take a quick look at his numbers from last year and then uh, an acquisition of a decent quarterback for me to put him back at the number one spot. Uh, I think that we kind of established something last show with Antonio Brown being the number one of number ones, but those four running backs, you know, and that's what's amazing is when running back is that good, maybe you're better off picking later. Like, the, the, the thing that I like focusing on is what do you really want? Do you, do you in your mind have to secure one of those top four or are you okay picking, like I said, 12th, getting a Melvin Gordon and then an Odell Beckham or something on the backside. So it's really going to be a preference. And that's something we really got to dive into because my gut always says, get me Le'Veon Bell. I don't care what else matters, but man, when I can have, like I said, if you pick at the turn, you have two first round picks um, and the guys that are after that, Melvin Gordon is not a step down. So interesting. Also, right. Dalvin and, Cook's coming back. Uh, what is that going to be worth? You know? Yeah, I think one of the things that I, you know, you just kind of mentioned, like, you, you know, do, do you want to pick later? Do you really need to get one of these top running backs? And, and 
What I think is interesting is that when you look at the top scorers in our league, mm-hmm. um, the two teams in the finals, uh, the top two scoring running backs are Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. It's true. And those, those are the RB1s for the you know the final two teams. And then you know you have Alvin Kamara in there, mm-hmm. and then you go down to Kareem Hunt fourth. So that's one of the final four teams there with Kareem Hunt. Yep, and then Mel- Melvin Gordon is sixth. So you know, is our league kind of a template for telling you like you got to try to get one of these elite backs? I-, I don't know. That's something I have to look at and analyze a little bit more. Yeah. I literally thought of that off the cuff. No, no, that's that's really true. Kamara is another name that has to has to be involved, and you know, we've already identified guys like Ingram and uh, Lashawn McCoy who were kind of staying away from Carlos Hyde. Duke Johnson makes an appearance in the in the top twelve. So does Lamar Miller. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the way it goes. Um, I would love to put Derrick Henry in that late first, early second <laughs> round, but I know better. <laughs> no way Malarkey would allow success. No, he doesn't. He hates success. Uh, Browns-Bears uh, is a game that happens on Christmas Eve at 1. And then next on our list is the Buccaneers-Panthers. Let's talk about that. <laughs> um, are you... Hey, oh, go ahead. What about Jordan Howard to let people down? Okay, yeah. Must start Jordan Howard. Um, I'll have you oh. know that the, actually that's the one thing the Browns can do is do well against the run. I think they're still they're giving up less than four yards of carry. So uh, next. no, next is right. The Bears have a <laughs> sneaky good defense too, and the Browns aren't going to get a win this year. I don't know what that's worth to anybody. Buccaneers Panthers. It's interesting because the Buccaneers are bad across the board, and I think MC touched on it a lot this year. It's the hard knocks effect where you buy into these guys. I mean, we're looking at a team that when we watched Hard Knocks, we're, we were thinking playoffs. And now when I look at it, Bear, I'm thinking this is a rebuild job. Like you you got to you gotta break it down and maybe pick well, two or three pieces. They're doing something right. They're number one against a tight end. <laughs> Good. Which we all, which all, we right. all know indicates success. <laughs> oh, God. I don't um, know why they haven't put that to good use yet. Well, I think that's the focus. I think that's the old Belichick philosophy of take away their best player. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I guess Greg Olson is a hell of a tight end. And he's also a guy you probably could have got because there was a good chance he was dropped when, when the early injury happened. So that let the bodies hit the floor. That's going to be crazy to see Olsen out there against those run, those linebackers. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I also think it's worth noting that I, I think the the Buccaneers are auditioning Peyton Barber, but I think this is a team that's probably going running back at some point in the first three rounds of the draft. I think they they need to add something. I mean, they they need a lot of stuff. They need they need running back or they need uh, cornerbacks. They need offensive line help, like every team in the NFL. But I, I think Doug Martin's done, and I don't think Peyton Barber's the answer. Yeah. Uh, also, Cam Newton is a running back by nature, and Christian McCaffrey mm. is not. So, right. Falcons Saints. Uh, Sean Payton regrets making a choke gesture at Devonta Freeman. I didn't even know this happened, but apparently, what during Week 14, I guess he did a choking gesture to him, and I don't know if that was in reference to the Super Bowl or what. But wow, man, Sean Payton comes off as like a prick. The way I just told that story. Yeah, th- like that's one of the. You know, I'm always fascinated because so many NFL coaches now are following like the Belichick model where you never say anything, you barely move, mm-hmm. you are disdainful to the media. And then whenever a coach kind of, um, like, this is going to sound weird, but like develops almost a personality, mm-hmm. like actually like 
like cares or seems like they care, we're, we're kind of like shaken by it. Like, whoa, like what is, you know, what is Sean Payton doing? Well, he's probably super competitive and wanted to taunt somebody. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't think we need to like break down his, his ethos and who he is as a person. Like, I think he just got competitive, did something he regretted. And, you know, everybody will probably move on from it. I'm sure at some point, someone from the Falcons will do something at him and then re- we'll revisit it. And- nice. <laughs> this is why I lo- this is why I watch football for this stuff, not the football. Because <laughs> remember when you were watching soap operas and you were like, no, no, stupid. <laughs> no, no one ever did because that's what you love. You love soap operas. You hate football. <laughs> You you want your coaches on the field, Woody hazing a running back, I guess. Um, <laughs> really, what I was really expecting was um, that while Sean Payton was making that choking choking gesture, gesture Freeman would go over, try to grab him, <gasps> and then he would jump out of the way, and then he'd get rolled up from behind and pinned. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Look. Yeah. Schoolboy action. Sunset flip over the top would be nice. Um, yeah. That's gonna that. I mean, it would make for, it would definitely get a pop, but yeah. I don't know how that would play on at home. Don't you always make the the good guy lose at home? Well, and that would set up their pay per view match later in the month. Oh, the heat! You're right. Oh, the heat so would be huge. Heat. Jesus, the human heat pump that is Sean Payton. <laughs> no one gets what this is, but I will say that. Wow. Um, I there's an interesting thing uh, where. Colin Cowherd and whatever you want to think of the guy, but about maybe 10 years ago or more, he did a thing where he just basically went through and he said that um, if I'm hiring a coach, the one or if my team hired a coach, the one thing I don't want to hear is he's a he's a player's coach. He's like, I don't want to hear that. Wade Phillips is a player's coach. Uh, Bill Parcells is not. And Bill Parcells has success. Uh, You know, no one ever no one ever describes Belichick or Saban or the the most fireable man in America, Tom Coughlin, as a player's coach. But those guys have success. And when you have these guys that are more prone to uh, to have character or to have, you know, something about them, a personality, I I don't it's just a turnoff because I I want my guys like Saban and Bill Parcells famously who would just call out reporters over stupid questions was ornery, just wanted to win football games. So. Anyway, and I only mention that because MC is the one who uh, maybe, oh God, 15 years ago, uh, turned me on to watching Bill Bill Parcells' Monday morning press conferences, where he, do you remember this? They would show him on ESPN News, and he would just say, oh, that's a stupid question. Well, I'm not answering it because it's stupid, and maybe you're stupid for asking it. Like, he was the best. Oh, he was so good. Like, he just had no patience. Uh, and that was relaxed parcels that was dallas parcels god the big tuna all right broncos redskins uh again i I don't know what to make of any of this it's rough it it is it really is it's a vernon davis weekend if you're looking for a streamable tight end if you're if you're somebody who streams uh vernon davis is a great option broncos are very weak against the tight end and you know, Davis has filled in admir- admirably. People forget he was drafted with Mario Williams and Reggie Bush. He's the one who came out the night before the draft and he goes, no, I'm the number one. I'm the best guy in this class. And everyone laughed because Reggie Bush was the slam dunk. And then everyone laughed because the Texans drafted Mario Williams. And here's Vernon Davis still playing football. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. Uh, that's enough Broncos Redskins. All right. Dolphins Chiefs. Um, this is a good offensive game, right? There's a both defenses fairly weak. 
and some offenses that, uh, as of late, have put up points. Well, and I think it goes back to a concept that we've been talking about for a while, which is, you know, for the Chiefs, one thing that I will say, and I will give the Chiefs a ton of credit for this, I spent probably about a better part of a month talking about how their gimmicks don't work and they're done. And last week they came out and lined up in an I formation and just ran stretch play after stretch play at the Chargers, and the Chargers had no answer. So I don't know if they've maybe changed some of their scheme. I know they changed offensive play callers. Maybe that has facilitated uh, a little bit of a bump. But, I mean, this offense looks it looks good again. Mm. Um, you know, the Dolphins, <laughs> say what you will. I know their quarterback is Jay Cutler, but they have, <laughs> they have good <clears throat> So you're right. This is a game. This is a candidate for, uh, you know, a little bit of a light up the scoreboard game. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say smoke them if you got them, as, as we were fond of saying. Yeah. yeah. Going Not the in, only... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Eric, going into the next offseason, how are you ranking these wide receivers, and is this a situation where all three can't stand next year? Someone has to go by the wayside. For who? Uh, Dolphins. I'm saying Landry, Parker, Stills. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Landry's a guaranteed... Um, he's, I, I wouldn't see him going anywhere. Um, I don't still, I mean, I guess stills would be the odd man out. Uh, you would think, but he's, well, he's exploded several times and it's not good for his health to keep doing that. Wow. <laughs> That's spontaneously combusting. Is Landry still the one is my question. Uh, he's, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> this is a tough one, I guess. It is a tough one. MC, I've... your take. Oh. I mean, I think Landry's the clear one. Um, Landry, again, though, he kind of um, he. I put kind of him and Adam Thielen in a group together okay. uh, in terms of, in terms of production. So I think what you need to couple with with Landry to make him more effective is a deep ball guy. And everybody thought that was going to be Parker this year. Everybody kind of expected Devontae Parker to be that guy. And it turns out it's been Kenny Stills. So I actually think Parker's the odd man out um, because I think Stills works with Landry a little bit better than Parker does. But isn't there obvious needs uh, and isn't there a rebuild coming? So maybe Landry would be uh, represent some kind of value in a trade. I mean, I think that's possible. Uh, you know, it all depends on how much depth they like in the draft this year at wide receiver and, mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm sure their scouting department has done in-depth work to determine. All right, hey, we can we have a third-round grade on this guy, but we can get him in the fifth, and and maybe that'll be something. Also, maybe this is a place. You know, I know we've talked about some trade options and some you know landing spots for Sammy Watkins. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe this is a possibility. I, I mean, I I can't see it, but I don't know why you'd spend the money on Sammy Watkins, but not on Landry. That's but a good point. You know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they're just thinking we need to turn the whole thing over and build around Drake. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's tough. Um, I, I like Drake. He's, I love the Drake. Got to love yeah, the yeah. Drake. Great. Um, he's one of the few that I, mm. I would be happy with. Um, yeah, there's a lot. It's, it's Landry, Parker, Stills. They're all talented, but I, I don't know if all three stand. Cause I don't think this is a team where you're like, all right, we're set at, you know, wide receiver and running back now, and we can just build it a couple other spots. I think you're seeing that you kind of got to tear it down, and I don't know how that reflects on Gase, but 
We shall see. When I go to the Bills Patriots, I want to have everybody remember a time uh, that I call week nine where the Bills <laughs> were five and two and in first place in their division. So do you guys remember yeah. that? They tricked me. They yep. did? Uh, yeah. So that remember it because this weekend it's going to look really bad, I think. I think going to New England. Uh, I know they're both mm-hmm. playoff teams, so this is something where the Patriots uh, are going to see a team three times uh, possibly or could also knock a team out of the playoffs theoretically. So I, I think it's a uh, – well, what would Jim Ross say? He'd say, go or go or go or. Say something about that. He would. So the Bills are terrible against the running back, and so are the Patriots. <laughs> Who's the Patriots running back to start? Is it Deion Lewis? And and going forward, could it be Deion Lewis next year? Well, I think with, with Rex Burkhead being injured, and I don't know what his status is. Is he done? Yes, from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, then I think it becomes Lewis. But the, again, it, it's hard to say anything definitive about the Patriots' backfield because just when you think it's Deion Lewis or uh, you know Mike Gillisley or somebody like that, you know, here comes James White, and he's getting 20 carries and eight catches. So I guess it's Lewis. They don't draft running backs at all. They do not draft them. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Danny Woodhead or someone of that ilk ends up being the guy next year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, in a lot of ways, I've given up on Patriots running backs yeah. because they they just they march to the beat of their own drummer. Yeah. I, I will say that when I say Burkhead's out, he's obviously out for – this this regular season, he's supposed to be back at some point in the playoffs. But yeah, when you start lining him up, James White, Deion Lewis, Rex Burkhead, remember Mike Gillisley? Remember that? Uh, there's a mm. lot of names in that backfield, and, and I just don't know. And it's always been well, this way. Going back to Lawrence Maroney, you never knew who to start. Yeah, well, they're all going to have their own individual uh, role to play, which is, again, going to be a timeshare. Yeah, uh, man, and that's Terrible. a four-way timeshare. Damn. Yeah. For such a potent offense, like the other side of it is the Steelers, who if you just get Le'Veon Bell, you're happy. So, I don't know. Jaguars, 49ers, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, undefeated quarterback. Now, if he beats the Jags, I got to start saying there's something here, but he's not beating that Jags defense, is he, MC? It's, this is going to be his first true test. I, I'm actually going to try to make it a point to sit down and watch this game. Oh, God. And, and, oh, and God I, bless you. Well, hey. I, you it's a holiday I, weekend. You don't have to do that. You know how I feel about Jag. And yes, his mm-hmm. new nickname to me is Jag. Jimmy the Arm Garoppolo. Okay. I, was, I like it. Wow. So I'm I'm really interested to see how Jag does against Jag. this Jaguars defense. <gasps> Jag. Oh, what a show. He was the lawyer, remember? Jag. He sure was. Ah, Paul probably liked that. Uh, okay. Paul who? There's no Paul on this show tonight. God, thank God he's not here to argue. Yeah. Uh, I will say uh, there is a chance, for those of you listening, um, a good chance, I should say, that on Saturday we are going to be coming to you with a happy holidays message and our fantasy awards uh, to further emphasize the fact that we we spit on uh, week 17 we are going to do our fantasy uh, awards in Medias Res in the middle of things for those that don't speak Latin and do it in the middle of week 16 and kind of talk about our fantasy awards for the season. And Drew Stefanson should be making an appearance on that show. For those of you who keep swearing he's dead, like Paul McCartney, <laughs> neither is true. 
Uh, Jaguars, Niners, looks like Leonard Fournette will play. Uh, it's very good for me. Uh, but it's also good for Leonard Fournette. It's good because that's, you know, what he gets paid to do. Giants, Cardinals, uh, Blaine Gabbert might feast. Uh, not, uh, but Blaine Gabbert's injured. I'm sorry. Drew Stanton, it looks like he's the starter, and it looks like he could Thank feast. Thank you. He's back, baby. Yes, very sneaky play, actually. If you're, I, I'm not kidding. If you're looking to stream a guy in the uh, postseason, in the championship game, as it were, or just, you know, maybe maybe if you win the in the consies, you can get something out of it. Blake Bortles yeah, and Drew Stanton. Or if you're in a two quarterback league and you're in the finals and haven't updated your roster, uh, that's what I, I was gonna wait till the end of the show. But Drew plays Eric in the oh. finals. <laughs> Drew Eric's in the championship game and he still doesn't have a quarterback spot. But if we get the opportunity, I would like to go over his <laughs> roster because it's really <laughs> ridiculous over in the uh, the two quarterback Taft league. Eric, do you want to read your roster to us or, or do you want me uh, to? I I pulled it up right now. Um, it's sick. <laughs> Go ahead. It's like uh, it's filled with guys wait. who you made so many amazing savvy waiver wire moves to pick up. Well, just go ahead. Tell us the team. Uh, it is uh, Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, nobody for my second quarterback. <laughs> His second quarterback had the same amount of points I did last week. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, theoretic. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, mm-hmm. uh, Jarvis Landry, Vernon Davis, Tyreek Hill, Jaguars defense. And like I said, this is a, a great Vernon Davis week. Uh, Tyreek Hill's the, coming to his the own. Only, Go ahead. The only notable on my bench is Amari Cooper. Yeah, and, and he's, you know, fighting through that injury. Like, But Jay Cutler is on your bench. You could plug him in there yeah, and you don't. Uh, well, so what are you doing with this spot? Are you going Drew Stanton? If if I click on the waivers, and now that we have you on the air, I can I can. I want your opinion. Who would you? Who, which quarterback are you interested in? I'm I'm looking at a few from or Drew Stanton, Andy Dalton, T.J. Yates, Deshaun Kaiser, Mitchell Trubisky, Brett quote unquote Todd Hundley, Brock Osweiler, and Bryce Petty. It's it's Stanton mm. out of that group, isn't it? Listen, um, you, know, you know who's a sneaky play there? Mitchell hmm. Trubisky. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, Trubisky's a sneaky guy against the Browns this week. Ooh. Yeah, Eric, who are you? Do it on air. Let us know. Who are you adding? Who's going to be your QB2 oh. behind Kirk wow. Cousins? I have, to, I have to make this decision right now? Wow. Well, let's keep in um, mind that Burke is advocating for Drew Stanton, and I'm advocating for Mitchell Trubisky. So whoever you pick, you're telling that person you like them more. This well, decision also, if you're wow. listening, if those are your two options, things you suck. know what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Trubisky because uh, Stanton yes. going up against the Giants, uh, they're they've been giving people a hard time lately. So okay, I I'm can't with argue Trubisky. with that. Or you're talking about um, like their legendary quarterbacks? They give a really hard time to. They're real no. pricks to anybody I'm, who's gonna end up in the Ring of Honor, like Coughlin or Eli Manning, right? Hey, can I can I bid zero dollars? <laughs> Also, also, I want I want you to I want you to hear this right now. My remaining budget, yeah, is ninety five dollars. Oh, yeah, that that's how little. Listen, Trubisky for ninety three dollars. I'm it. in the fine. I'm in the finals, and that's how little little uh, work I did. Well, <laughs> you sure did. Li- you sure didn't do much work, Eric. I can give you that. I don't, and I can never take that away from you because I can never make you do something. 
<laughs> oh, good God. All right, Mitchell Trubisky and Kirk Cousins. And on the other side, I guess since we're here, I don't know. What else are we going to talk about? Um, this is Drew's lineup, which is also pretty ridiculous. Matthew Stafford and Roethlisberger are, are both top 10 quarterbacks, and in a 2QB league, that's great. Then Todd Gurley and Kareem Hunt, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, so that's really what's carrying him because after that, it's Devin Funches. He had the two points last week. Old man Delaney Walker, Giovanni Bernard, Ravens defense, Chris Boswell. He lost Antonio Brown. And, you know, I mm. guess he has Nick Foles on his bench. And, and Juju Smith-Schuster, who I, I can't believe he's not flexing over Devin Funches. Oh, God, yeah. So, <laughs> God, yeah. But, you know, it's, um, the two quarterback leagues are fun because I think it's a great exercise in, in looking at, like, Eric... Uh, made a lot of good savvy moves despite not spending any money, picking up a Theo Riddick, a Vernon Davis. Those are great waiver wire pickups and not focusing on the quarterback position as much. Drew drafted two quarterbacks fairly high, and then obviously you got Gurley and Hopkins. But, you know, if Hunt didn't hit, this is this is a pretty bad team. So I think he's going to win. I think I think you got it. You know why? Because you show up on the air. <laughs> wow. I don't know that that'll affect their the play. Screw but okay. that guy. No. Uh, Seahawks, Cowboys. Uh, this is the last game on Christmas Eve. So you got the Giants, Cardinals, Seahawks, Cowboys, Jags, Niners are the three, four o'clock games. And they're not bad four o'clock games. Uh, they're not good. But uh, Seahawks, Cowboys should be worth more than it's going to be. I, I like Russell Wilson this week. I like Doug Baldwin. If if things had worked out differently, MC, this this would have been a really juicy uh, finals matchup for your Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin. Well, and I think the, the, as I was looking forward, and maybe this was what jinxed it all, but after the one o'clock games on Sunday, I felt pretty good. So I was kind of looking ahead to some of my matchups. The one thing that does make me just the teensiest bit nervous about a Baldwin Wilson combo here is. Because Ezekiel Elliott's going to be back, are the Cowboys going to go back to a more ball control, clock control style offense, mm -hmm. which which will limit the number of possessions that Wilson and Baldwin will have? So, I mean, now granted, I, the Cowboys' defense against quarterbacks and wide receivers is bad, so it might not matter. But that is something that does concern me, just in terms of play style for this weekend. Yeah, it's it's interesting what a you know dynamic player like Zeke can do, and <laughs> honestly, I think if you're Seattle, you're looking at last week, you're either motivated by it and you you want to disprove it, or you're just pretending like it never happened because that was really bad. So I don't know how that manifests itself in this week's game, but they are favorable matchups. Cowboys are not. I mean, they're top fifth. They're 15th against the run, but everything else is in the 20s. They're 23rd against QB, 26th against wide receiver, 20th against tight end. So you should have a good weekend. And conversely, the Seahawks are, are, are really balanced across the board. So should be good, but I, I think Zeke's going to eat. I think this is a, a week where they rem they remind us very quickly of what they are when they have him, and that's a playoff team. Steelers-Texans on Christmas night. I mean, the, the Steelers should put up big-time points, correct? Oh, no doubt. Uh, the thing that I find, like, the Steelers are a really interesting uh, team to me for a couple of different reasons. But the first one is, obviously, I want to see how they do without Antonio Brown. I want to see who steps up in that offense. Spoiler alert, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing that, like, the Steelers are really interesting to me because you look at their rankings across the board. They're very good against the quarterback. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, they're 12th against wide receivers. But 
Other than Joe Hayden, I don't know that I can name a quarterback, a defensive back on that roster. Yeah, very true. It's not like they're doing it with, you know, Jalen Ramsey and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. a bunch of the other DBs that you've heard of. They're doing it with kind of no-name defensive backs. And in a lot of ways, I think that works to their favor because you kind of think of the Steelers' defense backfield as suspects. But when you look at the rankings, they've been pretty good. Now, I'm a little concerned for them without Shazier, but not week because the Texans aren't going to run the ball they can't even though they should but mm. they can't yeah that's um very well put yeah so you know it's just this is a bad it's a bad week to be a Texan fan much <laughs> like the last six weeks have been <laughs> yeah, yeah very good um Deshaun <laughs> Watson playing in this game uh the playoff implications there within especially for the Steelers this would have been a blockbuster game and that one player makes all the difference. It falls apart quickly. Uh, I don't. You're not. You may not be impressed with Artie Burns, but I think he's a solid corner. I don't. I don't want you. Listen, to... and maybe he is. I just haven't. Maybe done... he is. No, I, I'm just. I'm just kidding. His name's Artie. I love it. Uh, Raiders Eagles last game of the week. This is. This is how you know Christmas ends, um, because Derek Carr is going to fumble away a victory. <laughs> now I. Uh, Raiders, Eagles, Eagles clinch up the berth, uh, clinch up the bye. Uh, Raiders are, are out of it, not really playing for much. They haven't been playing for much, or at least they haven't been playing like they've been playing for much. I, I don't know what the Eagles rest situation is, and this is why I, I'm glad we closed with this game because this is why next week we'll be very neglectful to you know your, fa- your, your fantasy football player who actually still has a roster to put on the field because it, it's too much of... Well, if he if he ha- you know if he has a big first half, they'll probably rest him. If he's you know gets injured during warmups, if if they get out to a big lead or they go down a lot, there's so many factors that'll take a guy off the field week 17. And and true here as well, there's no profit in putting Alshon and Zertz out in harm's way. You already lost Wentz. You can't afford to lose anything else. And conversely, the Raiders, uh, I don't know what exactly they're playing for. Maybe to prove that they're going to go to Las Vegas and you should pay attention to them there. I just, this game doesn't look good to me from a, who you can, who you can clearly cite as startable. What do you guys say? Yeah. I mean, the thing that, that I think is going to happen, especially with the Eagles is you're going to see a lot more runs. I think over the next two weeks, you're going to see a lot more running the football from the Eagles because they are trying to limit the number of plays that everybody's on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think they think the only thing that can derail them are more injuries. Now I think they've already been derailed because of injury. <laughs> Very well put. <laughs> their, you know, their matchup. You know, next week I think they play the Cowboys next week. Am I correct? Yeah, I believe so. Yes. Yeah, that's not going to mean much. So the the problem here is is that you've now had a backup quarterback who's a backup for a reason. Let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. He's a backup for a reason. Um, you have a backup quarterback who now has played three powder puff games in a row yeah. and is gonna is gonna be going into the playoffs against defenses that are coming hell bent for election. And I just <laughs> no, this smells like this smells like a bye and then a, a close loss at home. That's what it smells like to me. Yeah, and and I, I believe that. I believe that they were not winning a playoff game this year. I kinda said it all along in the Wentz uh, while Wentz was changing my mind, the injury re-solidifies it. I don't see this team beating a Saints team, a Panthers team, a uh, Falcons team. I, I don't see the, the this iteration of the Eagles beating those teams. So, 
Uh, and, and for fantasy purposes, this might be one. This might be the last week of your life you could start Marshawn Lynch. So <laughs> enjoy that. That you know, there was a time where he was great. There was also a time where every single week he was a game time decision with a back injury. So uh, mm. there's that. Remember that run against the Saints in the playoffs? That's how you can remember him. Have fun with that. But yeah, that's week uh, week seventeen or week sixteen. That is the mm-hmm. like I said, it's the last week that we truly care about because there is too much bye week stuff, too much uh, you know, too too many concerns about who's sitting, who's going to get rested, who's only playing part of a game. So this is where it ends, folks. This is where we say you know we pretty much close the book on week sixteen on the twenty seventeen season. We will do a recap on a. Maybe Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, probably Tuesday, just because of how everything falls. Yeah, definitely Tuesday. What the hell am I saying? Um, we'll do a recap on Tuesday, close the book on it. And from that point on, we're just going to start previewing next year. Uh, as we get closer to episode 100, we will be kicking off season two. We'll be doing that on the 100th episode. So from now until then, it'll be a lot of recaps and and really going over the season that was. And then 2001, we'll start with what I believe uh, as long as we kind of continue with what we're kicking around, is probably a really nice on-air mock draft to get us ready for next year. Uh, so if you guys have anything you want to throw in, I'll, I'll be happy to turn over the mic to you. Roll Taff. I agree. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for staying with us all year. We hope you're the best, uh, safe, happy holiday, all that junk. I don't think it means anything to you that I want you to have a happy holiday. And I've never met you, so I might not could be like a guy who doesn't use turn signals when you merge lanes and then i hate you but for all of us here um happy holidays and good luck in your finals and good luck in your draft prep because that's what we're most excited for this is the part of the show where i say roll damn taff and goodbye punker